Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 223. I am Nick Morowski. This is a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. You can find it absolutely everywhere. Uh, check us out live on our YouTube channel. Uh, thank you to all of those uh, that have subscribed, that have tuned in. Uh, we try to do this on Sunday nights or, or around 8 p.m. Uh, but of course, the audio is available everywhere on Twitter at Good Guys uh, TV. This is our fifth year, fifth season uh, talking White Sox. Uh, uh, to join me, as usual, my very uh, good friend, diehard White Sox fan, Pat Hester. Hello, sir. Nick, it is, uh, it's great to talk to you. Happy sweep of the Motor City Kitties. I, I don't know what I'm more excited about. I mean, Taylor Swift was in town this week. Mm. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, you know, dropped into theaters, which was fantastic. And again, mm. like I mentioned, the Sox win a series. It's It's great. We're five and a half out, nine games under. Look out. Start alerting the rest of baseball, I guess. Get on the phone. <laughs> have you been working the phones? <laughs> Usually you have the American League and I have the National League. Yeah, I'll start making these phone calls. Yep. Look out. Get get ready. Get yourself prepared. Here come the White Sox. Nine games under. We're coming for you, right? You when, feeling yeah, good? When, Sox are back? When Pat and I were in college, I think it was college. It was like 2002, maybe. Is that right? Or 2003? <laughs> Well, and yeah, the Sox would have been in swept, then, yeah. The Sox swept a tough Baltimore team, if I remember. Uh, at home on the south side, we were at the game. Mm-hmm. I think my brothers might have been there, a couple other friends of ours. Yeah. And we you could have thought that we had just won the pennant. I mean, people were going nuts in lot B. I think some either my brother or somebody was on top of the car with a broom swinging it over his head we were yelling that would be Josh. that would be <laughs> Josh probably Josh alert yeah. the rest of the league alert the rest of the American League team the White Sox are here um I I mean look hey it's a sweep uh that's great compared to what happened to the Sox the previous weekend uh against Detroit where, where they lost three or four to Detroit in Detroit mm-hmm. and to have the Detroit Tigers come to town some of the just ugliest baseball that was played, especially on Saturday. I mean, there was really like <laughs> no offense this entire weekend. We'll, we're going to get to it. We'll get into some of these uh, moments here. But uh, it was Jake Berger, Grand Slam, walk-off, Berger bomb, where Griffol, like didn't want to play him for the first couple games of this series, even though he just kills at home, gets an opportunity on Sunday, all handedness, all of Griffol and his handedness stuff and matchups and yeah. playing the percentages. Um, he gets an opportunity and what a way to end it. But you, you remove that grand slam, which I don't want to do. There wasn't a lot going on offensively with this ball club. Sacks are now 26 and 35 on the season, five and a half games back in the most forgiving of all divisions in all of uh-huh. baseball. So that's where we stand right now, off day on Monday. And then things get real, uh, a three-game series in uh, New York. So of the three then, Pat, uh, Swift being in town, which I know you've got, you know, your allegiances. I know where your allegiances lie. The, the Are you Swifty, by the movie. way? Have you ever been, have you ever been yeah. to a Taylor yeah, Swift Absolutely. Concert? You could give me nothing against it. I've just, you yeah. know, you could give me 
probably a list of her songs mixed in with a couple other songs by different artists. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to figure it out. Got it. Um, you know, no surprise to, I think a lot of people that actually know me at all. There's, there's no surprise there, but uh, the, the Spider-Man movie swift, Sweep of the socks. I mean, what, what's what's your number one? Is it the Spider-Man well, movie? Wow, I, I did go. I, I well, first of all, I've never gone to a concert in my life, so I, I'm not a Swifty by any means. <laughs> but I did see a ton of people coming off the trains as I was leaving on oh, Friday. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Great. I would not want to be downtown on Friday as uh, everybody and their mother just descended on uh, Soldier Field. So not uh, excited about that at all by any means uh i did see spider-man across the spider-verse yesterday fantastic movie mm. nick i'm telling you if you are a comic book fan movie yep. fan of, of, of what's going on uh i took my boys all three of them in fact even the three-year-old it was fantastic had a blast highly recommend that movie they did a, a great job of that but the sock sweeping the tigers is uh is what makes or breaks the weekend and mm -hmm. today was just icing on the cake uh fun game right it, it was a it was a fun game Kopech was great Kopech again great again against the tigers who i wouldn't say they're the offensive juggernaut that uh that's going to be envious of other you know fan bases but you know i like what he's been putting together over the last four to five starts i mean you really have to like what you've seen from michael Kopech. i mean you've had the highest of highs but he's been able to maintain it maintain it mostly over the last couple of starts so uh i'll, I'll take this win and i'll tell you what you know, we're going to, I'm sure we'll talk about Saturday's game a lot. And, and oh, oh, yeah, in detail. That was yeah. Saturday. But let's think back to that. Uh, let's, re, let's take ourselves back in time to that 10-game losing streak in April. We would have loved to get a couple of these wins somewhere mixed in there just to break that up, right? So I'm not going to apologize and say Saturday was a fluke. Friday was a, you know, three run, three to nothing game. And today, not a lot happened until the ninth inning. And you can pick apart all this stuff, right? I would take any of these three wins, put them in April to make us feel a little better about ourselves. And we'll take it and say, thank you very much. And uh, we'll just go on to the next series. It's not going to be, it doesn't have to always be pretty. It's not going to always be pretty. I'll be appreciative of the wins at this point. We're five and a half games under are behind in this division, and uh, there's still a lot of work to do. But as I mentioned before, as I've said for several weeks, this team is very flawed, but this division is very flawed along with it. If there's anything that can happen, this team can come back and and try and reclaim first place. It may be a, a, a 500 team that wins this division. It may be an 83 and 81 or whatever it would be, uh, team that wins this. It doesn't matter. Just enjoy the ride now at this point because mm. the team is is really not going to get much better. I highly doubt it's going to sell off anything, and I highly doubt it's going to be a buyer either. So just enjoy the ride, I guess. Yeah, I want to get to that later in this episode because um, I struggle with that. You know, do I want to see this team uh, just you know win the AL Central? But they have nothing to to get them past that. You know, they can't even get out of the first round. It's like, great, you, you won the worst division in the league and they didn't sell off things to maybe set up for the next few years to help bolster the farm system. Do I want to see them hold on to everything uh, and, and win this central for, for not much else and, and kind of and set themselves back even further uh, or just say, <coughs> you know what, I know where we're at and 
maybe sell some things. I, there's a lot of articles, no shortage of articles that talked about it nationally and locally this past week on where the Sox could go and what could happen. So Sox were 8-21 and 21 in April. 15 and 14, Pat, in May, which is, I think, something you talked about in at the end of April. Like, let's be 500 maybe in May. And now they're 3-0 and in June. But look, out. look I, I again, nothing's easy. And I didn't think Detroit was going to be easy based on what happened to us the last time we mm-hmm. played them. But I thought that this was the most manageable, maybe, of the series in June when, when I'm looking at this schedule. Uh, there's a lot of teams that you know, are, are playing above 500 baseball Yankees, I think are 10 games over 500 and they're six and a half out in the AL East. So uh, you're right though. Wins are wins. Uh, you'll take them. Uh, and hopefully, you know, somehow things have to start clicking though, with this offense. Uh, I like what the pitching has done as of late though, Pat, you mentioned Michael yep. Kopik. He went seven innings, uh, on Sunday, three hits, two earned runs, a walk, nine strikeouts, uh, gave up a home run. 60 of his 92 pitches were for strikes with 11 swinging strikes. Last four starts for Kopech, 26 innings, 11 hits, six earned runs, four walks, 38 strikeouts, three home runs, 95 batters face. So you are not going to get the Kopech that you got that went Royals-Guardians. Okay, you're you're not going to get that consistently, but I like this body of work recently from Michael mm-hmm. Kopech. You know, to me, it's all about arm slot, repeatable motion. I think the confidence there. We know he has the stuff, but sometimes he like it's almost like a gear slips out or something. You know, mm-hmm. something slips, and he all of a sudden starts flying balls out of the zone. He he can't get right. And he falls behind and then guys just eat his lunch on something middle, middle when he tries to come back. Uh, so I, again, I, I've been happy with Kopech, happy with all the starting pitching this past weekend. Clevenger came back uh, from the IL. He looked sharp, high velocity on Friday uh, and then cease like to see him go six or seven, maybe yep. uh, he only went five and changed through 99 pitches, but gave up very little. Um, and, and Saturday, you know, was the game that was one of the most bizarre uh, endings, the most bizarre game. Uh, they talked about it after on NBC sports, Chicago, Chris camp, had all this stuff on that old Andy Hawkins game that I remember. And I'm sure you remember mm-hmm. too, as a kid, when that was being played. Um, I mean, we were my, maybe playing like street baseball or something. And I remember my parents, so, somebody yelling out like, Sox just won and they got no hit. And we like raced in to watch, you know, the, all the post-game highlights and everything. It was so bizarre. But Saturday, in the entire game, there were three runs scored. Yeah. And they were all like on wild pitches. There, there were no RBIs. I think it's the first time in history that's ever done it. It's just, I mean, you, I hopefully you saw the ending. I Well, I'm trying to, I did see the ending. And I, I, I'm trying to explain it to my wife afterwards. Because we had a baseball game, we got home, and uh, trying to explain to my wife, I said, "Listen, you don't understand. There, there was no, there, there was no RBIs. There was all the runs scored were on wild pitches, and the last play of the game, the umpire takes it right in the face, middle, middle, like, like the middle, glove didn't middle. get it on it." And she's like, "What are you talking about?" I said, 
the the umpire took it right in the beak at 95 miles an hour. 96, I think. Holy Lord in heaven. And he yeah. goes down like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> and nobody knows what's going on. And we win the game. And yeah. and I mean and TA, you know, he turned around to the ump. Yeah. I think uh the good folks at Last Comiskey tweeted that out. Yeah. About noticing, hey, TA, you know, he made he turned right around and like was like trying to attend. I think is it Haas who was behind home plate, yeah. Detroit's catcher. He had no clue what to do. He yeah. his head was like the whiplash that occurred of like, do I try to tend to the ump? The ball's getting away. We've got a run that's coming in. I, I don't I don't know what to to do. I don't think and, he saw uh, the ball and he saw the umpire down and he said, I don't know where the ball's at. So yeah, I guess I that, that could have been it. This it poor too. bastard uh, just, <laughs> it was just mass hysteria. But I, I'm sorry, the replay, I couldn't watch enough of it. I mean, middle, <laughs> middle, right in the face mask. Now, hopefully everything's okay with, with I, um, I think he went, into, I I think he went into concussion though. protocol, though. I think yeah. he was he was definitely in treatment. Uh, and how could you not when, when you take that square like that? Um, just don't just like doink. I mean, it, it looked like like at, at a like a county fair or something when you're trying yeah. to knock something down off of a down the clown stand. down the clown just clown down man right in the kisser um, oh boy it seemed like there was if i told you there might have been a cross up uh would you believe me i, I <laughs> yes. think i think haas might have been thinking there could have been a a, a breaking ball or something blowing away something stuff. maybe something a little down and low and uh got a 96er uh, chin high, but the old 96er yeah, right the old in the face, right in this, just right, bam, in the nose. Now I was a little league umpire for one summer, many, yeah. many years ago. One of my, one of my many, many jobs. Yeah, and I never took list. one off. We could do a whole podcast on just the, the ex jobs of a Nick Morowski. Oh, we could, we absolutely could. Um, and I, I think the toe was a common place. You get hit off the shin guard, but. Man, I never took I never took a foul ball or even a pitch uh, off of the face. That, that well, is, that you is had wild. any little leaguers throwing ninety six miles an hour either? Nick? No, uh, yeah. you're you're correct. Yeah, that would be kind of odd. You I might think... have to check on some paperwork or something. Um, <laughs> some kid, and, uh, some kid yeah. with a mustache out there smoking a cigarette, <laughs> pumping ninety six. I don't know if from this like, kid's uh, eight like years old or not. Five feet, whatever the whatever the mound is at, at that age. Uh, yeah. So that was Saturday, and uh, but again, just just zero to no offense. Um, but bullpen was solid. And how about Liam Hendricks, Pat? Since wow. the last time we talked, uh, he has not only uh, made his uh, 2023 debut, made it at home, and what an electric crowd that night! Uh, good on them. Good on everybody. Uh, his wife uh, up there, they were showing her. What I loved about that game is when uh, he was going to come in from the bullpen, they didn't cut to commercial. And they mm -hmm. showed his whole entrance in the game, the whole, you know, the, the strobes going off, all the stuff that you you have experienced being there live. And you got to just soak up all that energy and all, all that just, just adrenaline. And you can only imagine what what was going on uh, in the ballpark uh, with him. And, you know, he wasn't terribly sharp, but he pitched in a game mm -hmm. months, you know, after the diagnosis. Uh, it, it's an unreal story. 
and what he did this past weekend. I mean, Sunday was awesome to yeah. see him out there, get a strikeout. He was in there in the ninth uh, yeah. to get a strikeout, to end the inning, and that just fist pump, the just screaming, the emotion, and, and, and got the win on National Cancer Survivors Day. I mean, yeah, I can't even wrap my brain around that. Like yeah, it gives that's... me goosebumps talking about it. I mean, it's uh, such an amazing, just just personal story for a human, let alone uh, someone uh, trying to come back and play a professional sport. And and obviously uh, with our team, uh, the White Sox. Yeah, just uh, very poetic with today's win, obviously, as you mentioned. And, you know, and he's looking back to back to himself. Right? I think he and goes, he, should he be, he, should he be ninth inning guy, Mr. Save? I don't know why he shouldn't be. I mean, at this point, uh, why not? I mean, the options that you have, have, have worked a little bit, you know, you've piecemealed them together to make things happen for you, uh, to a tune of nine games under. So what, <laughs> what is it really going to hurt if you put this guy that you, he's your closer? He is your yeah. closer. You put him back in the closers role. He's gone I think in. He's earned he's, it. I think yeah, he's ready to go. Right. And right. And I, and I think it just helps everybody else. Everybody, again, like we've talked about, everybody goes back to their regular, you know, their regular post, right? Get back to where you're supposed to be, where you feel comfortable. Everybody just kind of falls into place here in the bullpen, which, again, is pitching a lot better than it did in, in April. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. Joe Kelly, a hiccup here or there, but mostly been fantastic. Uh, and and Bummer has come in and done some things that have been positive. Ronaldo Lopez has done things that have been positive as of late, as has uh, um, Middleton. Uh, Middleton has been fantastic, really, yeah, let's be fantastic. honest. So so the bullpen has been a strength uh, this this past month plus. Yeah. So, um, so that's all good. You just add a guy like Liam Hendricks into that mix. It can only strengthen it, you would think. In theory, it should strengthen it. So yeah, I think you put uh, him right back there. Earlier in the week, you had a you had Lopez. Uh, I think it was in an Angels series that he went like six seven, uh, which was a great kind of bridge to. I think they went they went maybe Kelly eight and then Graveman nine. Which I, I, again, like that could be a nice little role for for Lopez. He pitched well in that kind kind of a bridge uh, to get to maybe a Kelly and then a Hendricks. You know, Kelly has just been his stuff is so good, but he can get into traps where he might just decide, you know, I, I'm going to pump this right down the middle if I get behind on somebody. And that's where he got hurt last weekend against the Tigers when they took three or four. Yeah. Uh, and, and they ate Kelly up on that on that Saturday game. But he's got that, you know, he quick pitched a guy on Sunday. He's got that herky jerky motion, very Quato like where he's trying to throw you off. Uh, he's been kind of fun to watch uh, compared to last year. And uh, the bullpen was a strength in this series, as I think starting pitching was. The offense just, you know, it's it's absolutely uh, a concern. Like, like the yeah. way they, they played offensively uh, this past series against Detroit, that's not sustainable. And uh, they Detroit threw a pitcher, Boyd, on, on uh, Sunday. And I was listening to a, a good chunk of the game uh, on the radio. So Connor mm -hmm. and DJ had the call and they were talking about Boyd's ERA coming into Sunday's game was six plus at Sox Park. <laughs> and at that point, he was just like absolutely mystifying yeah. White Sox hitters. And yeah. 
and Connor and, and DJ were, were just kind of like verbally shaking their head. Like, how does this happen? And they were trying yeah. to talk through it of what could be going wrong and what you might be overcompensating or overconfident or, you know, all this stuff, which is again, just complete, just word garbage. I mean, it, it's, it's time tired of these excuses. This yeah. offense really needs to figure some things out consistently. It, it was almost like this, this entire weekend on Friday, there was a guy Olson on the mound for Detroit that it was, you know, performing magic tricks uh, yeah. against the white Sox until uh, Romy Gonzalez figured things out. And so I, we can bounce around a little bit with the Detroit series uh, and, and some other specifics, but I, I want to talk Romy Gonzalez because uh, Elvis Andrews came back. Okay. Clevenger came back and Cactus League legend, Hanser Alberto, DFA. Uh, mm -hmm. Moment uh, of silence. A little bit. Let's just give it. No. Okay. Right. Um, it, he, he won the job. And he he beat out Larry Garcia in the spring. I thought another Hans moment Robert of silence. Had, no, what? <laughs> we, I think we addressed other people DFA. We, we might have addressed Larry Garcia oh, okay. the moment of silence. Okay, a long time ago. But you know, not a shock. I just didn't think it was going to happen because he was Pedro's guy. But then you yep. start thinking, where where is he going to fit when you got Romy playing the way he's playing? Berger, which you've got to find a spot in the lineup unless you're Pedro Grafol and you don't play him on Friday or Saturday, I don't think, at home. Um, you know, so Elvis Andrews, the veteran, although I, I'm not getting much from Elvis Andrews. I mean, he's playing out of position and he's got no bat. So yeah. you're keeping him around maybe for, I guess, just being a, a veteran. So, look, it was like, okay, Hanser Alberto, sorry, that was a good experiment. Uh, that was fun for a little while. Uh, Pedro got his guy and then had to say goodbye to him. What I'm now f realizing, Pat, that I'm just not comfortable with is there's all of a sudden now in June, a position battle at second base. Okay. And, and, and Griffol pretty much said it where huh. he said, you know, when, when, Al when Elvis came back, like, well, I could see Elvis like earning that position back. I could see him as a veteran you know, stepping up to the, the challenge and, and coming back and, and reclaiming second. We're doing this in June. Yeah, You have got right now to ride the hot hand, okay? You yep. have got to ride whatever you can to, to scrape a few wins, to claw out of this nine-game hole. You got to continue to play Berger. And Romy Gonzalez has shown me more than enough to get consistent playing time at second. Romy Gonzalez has shown you a lot of things. He's shown you some speed. He's yep. shown you a fantastic glove. He's shown you some offense with some pop, right? And he's shown you some like baseball IQ that I think this team lacks a lot of. And, and some athleticism too, that this team lacks a lot of. So um, I don't think you can take him out of the lineup. Now it doesn't mean that he's ultimately going to be an all-star and he's going to be playing second base for the next 10 years with this ball club. Who knows what kind of player Romy Gonzalez will ultimately be. But right now there's no reason to take him out of the lineup. You play him until he plays himself out of the lineup. And, you know, again, you we talked about the we talked about it last week. I remember what the topic was? If I'd have told you, if I'd have told you in June, Nick, we'd be still if Aloy Jimenez would be playing right field on a consistent basis, and we'd still be having questions at second base. Would you have believed me? 
And you would have probably said, no, how can that be? We thought we had this all figured out before we got here. And uh, we'd probably be nine games over 500 rather than nine games under. But that's where we're at right now is you, you have these conversations that are happening. I, I would like to think with what I've seen from Pedro as far as, you know, D, the DFAing of, of Alberto, his guy you had mentioned, not hanging on to Aliri Garcia making some difficult choices that need to be made. I don't think he's loyal to an Elvis Andrews and saying, you're a veteran guy. You're just going to get that spot. I think if the manager was still here from last year, Mm. that would probably be the case, but I'd like to think with the manager. And again, I don't know what kind of manager Pedro Grafal really is yet. I have no idea. I can't really tell you if he's uh, getting a passing grade or a, or or a C or a D I have no, I really couldn't tell you. But I would like to think that he's going to play the uh, the people in their positions that are going to give them the best ability to win. And if Elvis Andrews is is that ultimate you know uh, utility knife type guy, he came in and played third today for the first time in his career, and you can play in Elvis Andrews in several different positions on the infield. So be it. And and you really probably need him uh, as a backup because inevitably you'd have to think that TA is going to get hurt again because that's what happens to TA. He will inevitably inevitably go down for several weeks at a time. So having Elvis Andrews as a backup at short is not a bad thing. He's it's not a bad thing to have him on the team, but when a team is lacking the offense that they're that they're just lacking. I mean, this past week, I feel like for a while we were I was talking about on on locked on like the the way Romy goes is the way the team's going to go. You know, it just seemed like he was getting big hit after big hit, big moment after big moment. And that's why I keep playing him, you know, but when, when Pedro like brought Elvis into play, I think on Saturday uh, over Romy, I was like, are are you doing this just so you can now start your own type of battle? And you're like, you're going to give Elvis an opportunity to maybe try to get hot. And it's like, can you win it Elvis? Oh, okay. All right. Well, now we're going to go back to Romy. Like that should that's not a game that should be played uh, in June. Uh, yeah. Elvis, I think, in five at bats since coming back is zero for five with three strikeouts. So small sample size, but not a surprising offensive sample size uh, from Elvis right now. Yeah, and I'm with you, Nick. I, I mean, I don't I don't think there's any reason to have any kind of battle right now. Uh, and, and maybe it was just a thing like this is a great opportunity to give Romy some time. He is still a young player. Give him a little breather, get him off his feet a little bit, and, you know, have him available off the bench if we need him in a pinch run situation here or there. I get a lot of that stuff. But, um, again, I'd like to think he's going to go look at, especially what, he, what Romy's done defensively. I mean, we could talk a lot about what he's done uh, offensively, but defensively, he's made some spectacular plays he has. and yeah. and things that we're just not used to seeing over the past couple of years from a White Sox team, the spectacular defense and web gem type of defense. Mm. I mean, it's other than Luis Robert, I guess uh, I should take that back. Other than Luis Robert, there really hasn't been anybody that you go, wow, you just sit back and go, wow, that was an amazing play by anybody. So I, I like to have that. You'd like to have that again, defense up the middle, being strong. D- defense matters. Yeah. Despite what Grafol has said about, you know, like Berger, who who did have some time at second base recently. Um, you know, it, it matters. I just don't want somebody there to just uh, hey, look, don't embarrass yourself. Don't hurt the team. You don't have to make spectacular plays, just make plays. I that should not be the bar. 
That's been the problem with this White Sox team for so many years. And if you've got a guy that's given you plus defense and has got pop in the bat, you know, it's a no-brainer. You're my consistent second baseman. That theory works, as you just mentioned, don't embarrass yourself if you're scoring seven to eight runs a game. Right. And we are not doing that. So you Correct. still have to, you have Margin to look of at it. small. Yeah. And, and I get it. You're in a, a little bit of a, a, you know, rock and hard place situation when you're looking at your lineup and going, I, I've got to make sure I get this guy in the lineup because we're, we're so, you know, starved for runs being scored. How can I get this? How can I get this guy in the lineup? How can I get that guy in the lineup? But at the end of the day, uh, again, Romy Gonzalez should be playing. 90% of the time at second base. And it really should be a question about it. Aloy has uh, been in right field. It looks like that's going to continue um, until he gets hurt. Hopefully that's not the case, but I think they're going to, con- I think he's going to be your right fielder for a majority now. Um, and he's been swinging the bat pretty well. You know, yeah. he's been collecting his hits, not a lot of power, but getting on base, uh, which is fine and, and staying healthy. The whole Robert Alloy center field, right field thing, you know, the shenanigans sometimes of Robert just trying to steal everything he can from from Alloy and uh, I guess right center that that needs to stop. I saw it come up this past week uh, one or two times. It's like, Robert, I I know you're trying to overcompensate sometimes, but there's going to be a collision uh, before you know it. So hopefully that gets avoided. Uh, Grafol said something uh, maybe two days ago. You know, uh, TA has been scuffling, and, and he is not going to be—he's not going to be, gonna be uh, removed from that top of the lineup. It's just not going to happen. I don't think so, unless TA literally like removes himself. Um, you know, we haven't seen the power from TA recently. He's been getting some hits, getting on base. Um, Grafol said, "Look, uh, the way Tim goes, this team goes." I don't, is that still the case in your mind? Do you still think like Tim Anderson, how he performs, how he plays? Well, you know, he sets the, he sets the state, the the table, you know, he, he's, he's the one that stirs this whole thing up. I I don't think so anymore. I think the sacks are, you know, the sacks need him um, on the team in the lineup. They're a better team with him, of course, in the lineup, but I don't think he's that guy that, you know, we go by way of Tim. Um, I don't know. I don't even know who it is right now. Yeah. I, I don't know who it is right now either. All I know is this lineup needs to, we've been saying it for, I feel like for three years, they, they need to figure out how to walk a little bit more. Did they have, did they have today go make, manage to make it through the day with how many walks they had one through, I think eight innings. And I, I, don't know, I, I think like they, double digit strikeouts is that am I double when, digit when, strikeouts for sure has been an absolute problem um, for this team. I, 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 I don't remember 14 strikeouts or something like that. And I think the other day, I think Saturday, they didn't get their first walk until the ninth inning. I, I, I could be wrong about that. All I know is that this team doesn't get on base enough. And Tim Anderson being a leadoff hitter that again, he just wants to get out of slumps by swinging at everything. A la Luis Robert, like, oh, yeah. listen, man, I know you want to swing and swing all the time, but maybe once in a while, just try and get on base any way you can, because the swing and miss stuff is just it infuriates me a little bit, especially against the Tigers closer. I mean, the guy doesn't throw anything but balls and they swing at everything. I mean, today they got to him, obviously, in the game winner with a walk off grand slam, but. Goodness gracious, Tim Anderson. I mean, I get it. You want to swing 
and that's how you've made your career by getting hits. But if you're not able to get on base and you're the guy that's stirring the the whole thing, you got to get on base any way you can. And yeah. and maybe taking a pitcher there, working a pitcher once in a while is great. I mean, today, for, you know, first pitch he gets a hit, that's great. But after that, I mean, work these, which work this guy a little bit. You know, try and get on base via the walk. Somebody's got to set that tone. And it'd be nice if he would at the top of the lineup because between him and Ben Attendi, uh, zero home runs from mm. either one of those guys. I mean, it is an absolute. I, I mean, it's it's mind boggling actually that neither one of them have run into one yet. Yeah. So if you can't, and at least Ben Attendi has been pretty consistent, at least you know slapping a single here or there. But I mean, my goodness, get draw a walk. Can we draw yeah. a walk once in a while? That'd be that'd be something I I'd say one of those nine hitting coaches that we have should start to implore yeah. on these guys. Griffold talked about it being a process uh, about a month ago about how to change the mentality of you know taking pitches, tracking pitches, uh, the discipline, all that stuff, and you know I, that to me gets I'm infuriated by that because well, what what were you doing in the off season? What were you doing in spring training? article after article i read uh about wow we're work look at these things we're working on we're practicing taking pitches and castro spoke about how uh, happy he is with how things are going and you know tim anderson going to drive line and and again you're probably not working on taking pitches out there but maybe there's a whole package of you know just looking for your pitch you know your the discipline uh, and, and yeah, you, you've got, we have got to be getting on base more. We've got to be seeing more pitches, you know, these eight pitch innings, uh, can't happen, especially with this tougher schedule coming up, you know, yeah. be, and when we, when we look at guys like Anderson and Ben Attendi, like wh where's your power Vaughn, who, you know, he's, he goes in these lapses, you know, his, his numbers, his, his metrics just are not there that they can be disappointing. And on and on, you're like, well, of course, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of folks that are just sticking out because everybody is sluggish. You know, Robert had a great May. Uh, there was some lulls, but that's to be expected. But aside from that, like nobody, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like we've got four or five guys that are cooking and it's like, well, you know, we don't have to worry too much about these scuffling guys because we've got four guys that are just they're guaranteed mashers, you know, like that's what I thought we were going to get. I think we were all looking for that for a while now. Where, where are these guys? Yeah. Where, where, where's Mankata and where's the power from Aloy? I know he was heard for a little while. You know, where is that consistently? Maybe it's I, not I just, hot enough yet, Nick. Yeah. You know, weather and, and all those uh, <laughs> luck and all those other things. Um, yeah. I, and, uh, and Sydney wants to know where the where the stolen bases are at. I think you have to be on base to steal bases enough, right? They were I mean, definitely there at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean they they were uh, for the first couple weeks. I, I feel like the Sox were stealing a lot of bases and they weren't getting caught. Uh, I, I don't know if there's been a, a change in in philosophy because they're not scoring a lot of runs and they don't want to run into outs or there are guys that are you know grinding as Griffol will say which is code i think for playing through injuries like Mancada or Anderson for a while and they don't want to test it you know they just don't want to but 
that yeah being a little bit more aggressive on the base paths i think can help but to your point yeah we need to absolutely get on base i think ben attendee's been you know swiping a bag from time to time when he can um so look we'll see how this goes you know uh, this coming week it is uh, i think new york and miami um three in new york and then a three on the south side against the marlins uh, and then and then moving forward but that trade deadline's coming, Pat. And uh, I, I read a lot of articles this past week, as I know Sox fans did, on what do we have to give up? What can we possibly get back? Are there any untouchables? Do you play for this division? Or do you say, look, it's not for this division. It's for something bigger. And we're, we're going to get ahead of this. We're not going to just let Giolito walk. There is a team ready to give us a King's ransom for a guy like Tim Anderson, or I can't even imagine Dylan Cease. I mean, he's the big chip, but you know, we have a lot of control over that. And you say we're, we're building for, and do you, you don't, you don't trust who's making the decisions. I don't trust who's making these decisions, but that's who we have to deal with. And I know nothing truly will change until Reinsdorf is gone and Kenny and Han are gone, but that's not going to happen before the trade deadline. So these are the people that we have to deal with that are going to make these decisions in your gut as a Sox fan, Pat, where, where do you lean? Are you like, look, I don't want us. I don't want us to be sellers. You know, I, I want this division, even though how bad it is and what that might mean for an easy bounce in the playoffs. But I, I want this 2023. I want the playoff experience. Hey man, I talked about it last week. I mean, we were so deprived of playoff experience as White Sox fans. I, I think if you're this close, uh, let's remove the fact of how many games under we are. You're this close to this division. I cannot see uh, this organization just, uh, they've done it before. I could be proven wrong. They've they've waved the white flag mm -hmm. with a be much better team than this and, and a lot better of a position than we're in right now. But I just can't see that being the case because, you know, you look at, you look at from a business perspective, Nick, um, you know, there was a good, there was a good crowd on, on hand this weekend, right? There was probably averaging about 24, 25,000 people in the seats. I would say right. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, yeah, some fantastic great weather. I mean, great weather. weather. Uh, it was a fun time at the ballpark. People want to be out there. I think if you're sellers, I, I think you're just flushing money down the toilet. And if you're this close, if I'm the owner, um, I, I would like to look at it and say, what can we add? Can we, yeah, can we trade a Giolito, but can we add to win this year? Mm. I, I don't think it's a trade Giolito and, and tear it down and get prospects for the future. Can you trade him and get something you need this year? Right. And, and, and you'd say, well, that's, that'd be kind of silly because you're trading like a, uh, you know, potentially top end of the rotation type of pitcher. How can you, we, how can you win a division if you're trading away, you know, starting pitching, but if there's a need out there that you have and that you could fill, uh, you know, fill a, a position with, then maybe you do that. I, I just, again, I, I'm not in the business right now as a fan of, of going through another rebuild yet. I can be talked into it. You can talk me into it again. Another time at this point in the year, I'm not all about just tearing it down because I think if you start trading, Nick, you, you have to tear it all the way to down, down to the studs again. And I, I'm just not there right now. I, I still have enough belief that, and again, I'm not going to be 
naive enough to think that they can win anything after they win the division if they do. But I'd rather see that than go the other way. I'm Maybe I'm crazy. Is there a number in your mind of it gets to late July and the Sox are at a certain number back in the division and you're like, yeah, let, let, it's time to sell. Like, I, I don't think we should be holding on to everybody and try to make up this lead. Well, I, I, th- I think it's, if you don't have it, that that's fine. I, I just, I'm, I'm thinking like if, the, if it's five or six, I, if you're five or six games back, I, I don't know. I it's I think doable. Be, it's yeah, doable. It's, and, and again, you got to look at the, the, the way the rest of the division's playing. Yeah, I mean, if maybe. you're playing well and you're just you know keeping pace and it's like, okay, uh, eventually one of these teams is going to start to slip up and maybe we're the team that, that, you know, continues to play well. But if you're looking around at the rest of the landscape of this division, you're like, listen, we're, we're all about the same. And at any point, uh, one of these teams is going to go through a, a difficult time. And one of us is going to go through a time of winning. Uh, let's, let's gamble on the fact that it'll be us and we'll be able to overtake this team. But like I had mentioned before or last week, it's, it's like, once you get into, in September, there's not a lot of games in the back half of that month versus your division. So you have to really make up a lot of ground in July and August, because once you get to September, it's going to be really tough. But anyway, I'm more in the position of let's let it ride because, and maybe again, it's more about who's making those decisions. I'd rather not have these people making the decisions again until somebody else is in here that will go, okay, this is how we are going to rebuild the entire farm system, rebuild the mentality and the mindset and the coaching staff from the lowest levels of our organization all the way up. So it's one cohesive unit from bottom to top that it can all be working and going towards the same, you know, end game and the end goal, right? I feel every, everything that we do is so piecemealed. And nobody's on the same page. And we don't have a quote-unquote White Sox way. I, I, again, I've mentioned teams like the Braves and the Cardinals and 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 even the Twins of the past. They have these in, in Baltimore these days that has these great organizations from bottom to top. And, and that's, what I'm, that's what I want. But I don't think that's going to change too much if you sell it all off right now. Does that make sense? It does. It, it seems like it's a – is this the same process over results? Like – Okay, you you got you got the win, but the process, how you went about doing it, is just yeah. not sustainable. And that's where I wonder if the Sox say, as a front office, if they, if they can even figure this out, you know, with their competence. Well, I, the results are favorable. We're five games out of the Central. It's July twenty fifth. Folks are calling us. We've we've got a we've got some we've got some assets. You know, we could be making deals. Now the process, though, how we've been doing it, we're still bottom of the barrel in offense. Our pitching isn't very outstanding. Horrible run differential. I I don't you know this is not the way we want to do things. You know, like we are going to go in a different direction to try to really build so we can get a better process going. But then. That would mean, in my mind, as a fan, I think you've got to get rid of the front office and everything else. Like, I want yep. different people in charge with deciding the process and, and a new type of process. So it is a, it is a, a weird situation. If Han, Kenny, and Jerry are still going to be around this year, which, of course, they're going to be, then you might just just win the division. 
Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think mean, those guys, because, because of their egos are going to do everything in their power to make this work, especially Han with this manager. It's like, yeah. this, this has to work for him. I feel like, you know, he, he knows the spotlights on him and hence why he doesn't show up for every you know press conference, you know, at the oh, beginning yeah. of a homestand. So, um, he, it's almost like, listen, this is, this is all on me. This is all my baby now. And it's, it's really not been going well, uh, since I've been getting to the keys, I have to find a way to make this work. And that's why I just believe it's not going to go the way of selling off, selling it all the way down. They might move some pieces, Nick, but I think it's to move pieces to bring other pieces in to help them win this year. Hmm. Yeah. I, again, I, I don't think you've got a clear picture right now. Um, we'll, we'll I, again, it, it's kind of like series by series, but uh, almost month by month. And even after June, you, you still might know uh, it's going to come all the way through July. I'm looking at July's schedule right now. And, you know, you got the all-star break in the middle of the month, but you have uh, Minnesota. You've got a three-game series with Minnesota, and you've got four with Cleveland to end July. Yeah. Uh, then there's very little division play in August, three games against Cleveland in August. And in September, the front, the, the first part of the month is loaded. You've got Detroit, Kansas City, Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota. And then on September 18th, you start Washington and you do not see the AL Central the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, it's something to really like you keep eyes on. And, and I, and I want to keep guessing, like, what are they going to do, you know, after each series? But yeah. uh, like you said, I, nothing could, no decision is going to be made right now. And, and it, with this division, we might not have answers for a while. Which is like a death by a thousand cuts, but we'll see what happens. You know, again, be happy about this weekend. Uh, have you, you're close enough. Has uh, Otani's home run that he hit the other day landed yet? <laughs> Yeah. Can you confirm? It was, it was out or on the which Dan one? Ryan. I heard it was out on the Dan Ryan uh, and then bounced uh, into IIT campus uh, area over there. So I'm sure there's some analysis being done by all the architects and the engineers uh, over what happened. And uh, I don't know. It, it wouldn't be surprised if, if they did some construction on the Dan Ryan because of that issue. You wouldn't notice with all the other stuff going on. But uh, talk about non-competitive pitches by Lance Lynn. Uh, holy smokes, man. Uh, well, that was, that was I, quite an outing. I thought maybe you got, you know, got out there on the mound that day and just stuffed your shirt and threw some, you know, some whoppers up there. That was, uh, wow. That was, Forgettable. That, I mean, he got lit up by two of the, you know, two of the greatest right now, uh, going, but at least make it competitive, man. Make him work for it. I mean, Trout and Otani just destroyed just softballs. Yeah. I mean, th those were, I mean, again, you, you, I don't know what you were really trying to do. You can't say miss a spot. There was like nothing on it. Uh, it yeah. was just grooved in. Um, yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, well, that's in the past. It's in the past. Nick, it is in the past. Got, flush uh, it. Three games. Flush it, as uh, our leader would say. Yeah, yeah just flush that one. On yeah. to New York. Let's see what yep. happens. New York's playing uh, Sunday Night Baseball in L.A. Day off tomorrow for our White Sox. And, yep. you know, we'll see what happens. Let's get excited about the week coming up. Yeah. Uh, hey, Giolito's on the mound. He hasn't pitched in New York uh, since 2019. Uh, he's Giolito's been up and down. 
uh, need him to be right. Need, need starting pitching to be right and, and got to have some offense here, but, uh, Hey, enjoy this sweep, uh, enjoy the burger bomb, all the highlights, everything that comes with it. Uh, so easy to root for that guy. And of course, everything that, uh, Hendricks has been able to do and, and what a, an awesome Sunday for him. So, uh, folks, Really appreciate you tuning in, uh, you know, watching uh, this uh, YouTube uh, telecast. Uh, you can find it. Uh, just go to YouTube, uh, search Good Guys Talk Back, subscribe and catch up on all the previous episodes. We try to do these on Sunday uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, live, but the audio will be available and uh, you get that everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Pat, always a pleasure, buddy, talking White Sox with you, my friend. Nick, it was a pleasure. Can't wait to do good again next week. Yep. For Pat Hester, I am Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.